Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Nate. And I'm Mike. What are we smoking, Mike? It looks like Rocky Balboa's uh, fighting shorts. It does. We are smoking a CAO America. And now I know we typically wait uh, to do this, but I had to slide the wrapper off at the end because it was over the cap uh, with that triangle piece up. Yeah, my my wrapper's really loose. It's not coming yeah. off. It also had a tip wrapper. Yeah, yeah, I, did. Uh, I took that off right away. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't burn that one because that looks more American flaggy than the rest of it, so. Right. And this one's pretty sexy. It's got like a little. Yeah, it's got that nice. stripe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the, we'll call it the what, the founding father flare or something? Yeah. I've never seen this in a cigar shop. I've seen uh, some of the other country series. Okay. Um, but this one's easily the most attractive. Yeah. When I, well, it's America. Um, right. Right. When I, when I go, went to, to wet this one, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not, but like, I don't know if it was plum or there was some different like flavor. It's a little bit of a spicy wrapper, but there is some kind of, I think almost fruity, fruity taste to this wrapper as well, but I might be wrong. Yeah. I had some tang. I had a, yeah. a flavor in there. Not sure what it was. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. I don't know why my brain thought plum, but uh, that's what my brain thought. I'm also not good at tasting things, uh, as we've mentioned before on the podcast. So I'm going to light up, and then uh, and then Mike has a Mike knows and Nate doesn't know topic. So you, the listener, will be just as surprised as I am. And now this is the start of another series, isn't it, Mike? Mm-hmm. This is a whole line of... Uh, CAO countries. So we're doing America, and my first few puffs taste like British tears. So that's good. Yes, mine, mine tastes like uh, a, a tea spilt in the Atlantic is exactly what it's like. Yes, and I think the <laughs> uh, the British one, the CAO British, I think that one just tastes like beans and plain toast, right? Uh, that's what I've heard. Failure and disappointment. Well, there's that too. <laughs> Masturbation tears and a cuck tent. I mean, yes, <laughs> <laughs> royal family incest and <laughs> yeah, and uh, Jeffrey Epstein's connection to the royal family. <laughs> yes, well, I don't think they have a British one, so um, we're just making fun, right? They don't have a British one. I don't, I don't think, think so. No, I have. I know of three off the top of my head, but. Um, I'm sure there's more. We'll have to find them. <laughs> yes. Mine, I, uh, mine seems to be fairly tightly packed. It's uh, it's firm. Definitely, I have a firm one. But it is very attractive. I you're like ta- that You're talking stripe. about the cigar still? or? Yes, yes. I like that. <laughs> I like that stripe. Man, that looks really yeah, yeah. good. The nice firm one. Yeah, the stripe is, uh, is interesting. I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's quite enough. Connecticut to be able to discern a, a flavor from it, uh, just given like the surface ratio of that. But no, probably not. But it does probably. look very, very neat. Uh, probably took took a while to to roll. I don't know. I don't know how they do that. It reminds me of the uh, not Olivia. Maybe it is the Olivia Spanish series. Okay, there's another couple of cigars that I've seen that have that stripe, and they're pretty nice. As far okay. as the shelf appeal, they look really good. Yes. So, uh, this one so far is, is, is decent. I mean, first couple of puffs, 
Uh, it does. It it's fairly robust. I think it's robust. It has that like a uh, not alcohol, but like that acidic cigar flavor. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not super crazy. What are you pairing it with tonight? I am pairing it with a Surly Furious, uh, which is an IPA from a local brewery here. I know they distribute outside of here, but I guess I don't know how far. Um, uh, they distribute here uh, statewide, I'm guessing. Okay. Yeah. So I've had uh, this 12-pack this has had kind of some quality control issues because every single one I've opened has uh, foamed out uh, the top. So... And I've kind of uh, cooled on on Surly uh, just because they did some union-busting kind of tactics uh, a year or two ago. I remember that. Yeah. And I hate unions, but I hate people who hate – I hate companies who hate unions because usually if your workers want to unionize, you're doing something not right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Typically, there's something going on. I have a whiskey sour and then a kicker of uh, Johnny Walker Black. So nice. Yep. Good enough for Saddam Hussein. Good enough for me. Yes, indeedy. And Mike's <laughs> broadcasting live from his cave. Yes. Yes. I uh, put up some pegboard today above the old workbench here in the garage and cleaned off a, a vast amount of surface space here, which I'm very thrilled about. Nice. Not that anyone nice. cares or needs to know, but. Are you going to put hooks in your pegboard and hang oh, some yeah, stuff? Oh, yeah. I did. I put a whole bunch of hooks in there and I'm looking at all these hanging tools now. I could build something right now. I, I shit you not. Uh, but I won't because we're <laughs> podcasting. So are you hanging power tools or are you hanging like hand tools? Uh, these are hand tools or toe tools. If you've got dexterous feet, you know, hammers, wrenches, clamps, saws, screwdrivers, box cutter, rivet gun, which I haven't used. I just took it out of the package. And then I've got what looks like a 1952 staple gun. Oh. Well, it's orange, but, you know, it's seen better days. I I think it came from my grandfather. I'd have to inspect it further to see if there's actually, like, any manufacturing stuff on it or not. Right. It's probably an arrow. Could be. Could be. Now you're going to make me look. Oh, no. Is that a Proto Stanley? It is a Swingline number 181 Tacker. Oh, very old school. Yes, and it's got, uh, looks like it's got like a safety kind of latch on it and everything, so that's a not when Nate is drinking. It's just one of the squeeze staple guns, you know. Mm -hmm. If it's, uh, it's all metal, so it's probably fairly badass. I have a couple of the hand staplers. Um, The best stapler I've ever seen, my dad has a roof stapler from like 1972. And uh, I don't know the brand, but that fucking thing is made out of pure steel, and all the pins broke, and every pin is a 16-penny nail bent over top of it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have to change anything out of it, you have to unband a 16-penny nail. You know? Okay. But it comes from the days when my dad worked for Bechtel International. <laughs> so that's There old. you go. <laughs> Yep, uh, a callback to our uh, episode. Oh, what the hell was that called? Internet or uh, economic hitman? Yes. Yeah, my dad worked for Bechtel International back in his day as a master uh, carpenter. I'm waiting for so. his tell-all book to come out. Right. Your dad. He that could. Is. He could. He worked for the military for a long time. He might as uh, well in his own right. 
I'd read it. He was just a cog in the machine. He wasn't important enough to know any secrets. Uh, <laughs> his cog made plenty of money for his family, but yeah. I don't think he knows anything uh, nefarious. <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe not. So the, the good news to everybody listening, um, well, to me, <laughs> is that it is snowing out. And so if I had not built my garage studio when it was warm out, uh, we wouldn't be able to podcast today because uh, it was it's snowing. It is not snowing here. So hopefully we're it stays We're supposed to get up to three inches. Yeah. We were supposed to get six. I, last time we were supposed to get 24 and we only got 12. So yeah. We'll find We've out. We've got a lot of snow this year, so everybody south of uh, Minnesota, watch out. Yeah. Well, at least along we the Mississippi, right? I don't think this is going to be a record year. I think last year uh, there was a record year for one of the communities in northern Minnesota. Okay. And uh, I don't think it's going to be a record year. Yeah. But there is a lot of snow. I mean, I can see the clothesline, but... Yeah, there's a lot of snow. <laughs> All right. Well, so, we've uh, we've done enough foreplay. What is this topic? I know nothing about the Manson family. Like Marilyn Manson? No. Yes, like Marilyn Manson. No, not Marilyn Manson. Which all of his accusers have now recanted. So okay. For those of you who wanted to bash Marilyn Manson for being a groomer, all those girls have now recanted their stories. Whether that's legit or not, who knows? But Tough to Charles say. Charles Manson. Charles Manson and his family. Yes. The, uh, what is this? The Sharon Tate and, uh, Once the Upon a Time Tate in Hollywood. And the La Blanca murders. But. Okay. And the we'll Once Upon a Time out. in Hollywood family. We'll find family. out if there's more. We'll find out okay. if there's more. Okay. So, what do you know about, uh, Charles Manson? Well, uh, I'm, and I'm going to try very, very hard, uh, to separate this from, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is a kind of kind of like in Glorious Bastards, a fictional retelling of Hollywood a in that very era. very fictional retelling that yes. does not include Manson. It's very no. interesting. I like that movie. I like that movie, too. I still think Glorious Bastards is better, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is very, very enjoyable. I didn't like Inglorious Bastards, funnily enough. I should watch it again. You should watch it again. Uh, it was uh, kind of tough because that was his very first, like, fictionalized history account. Right. And so, you know, like, the first time watching it, I'm like, well, how can they be, you know, emptying clips into Hitler when that very clearly didn't happen in real life? But I think knowing what to expect kind of going into it, that it's a fictionalized account and much better done than Blonde, which was a fictionalized account, but it was completely fictional about all of Marilyn Manson or, yeah, Marilyn Monroe's life. Now we've got Manson on the brain. Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, so I'm trying to separate the movie. Kind of, they had a cult, and they murdered Sharon Tate, who was an actress, and maybe some other people. And they're not the Jim. Was it the Jim Jones who did the no, Kool Aid? Jim Jones is totally separate. We can talk about him. Okay. I don't. Well, no, I'm just. You know, I'm not as into like so. A lot of people are into these serial killers and you know mass murderers and like tortured souls and i i struggle to keep them all straight so this is a perfect example of mike knows and nate does not perfect my first introduction to charles manson was in college 
And I dated this uh, fine young lady from South Dakota. And she was really into serial killers. So she was really big into Jim Jones. And she was really big into Charles Manson. And she had, back in the early 2000s, she had downloaded Charles Manson's albums. Oh, yeah. We listened. I remember hearing about those. Yeah. I've listened to Charles Manson's music. And it's kind of like dark hippie music that's very folksy. It's kind of like Mississippi Delta Blues. It's good. Okay. It's very dark and uh, strummy and bluesy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of like listening to Lead Belly, but not not, – Lead Belly's a master. Uh, and obviously Charles Manson wasn't that good, but he was pretty yeah. good. You know, he could have passed as a musical act in the sixties for sure. Okay. Uh, it's decent. It's, it, it's fine. Uh, for those who haven't listened to it, try to find it and listen to it. Cause it's, it's all right. And that plays a huge role in the story. Charles Manson was trying to create an album with Terry Melcher who was the son of Doris Day, who was a huge record executive at the time. He had a bunch of successful uh, LPs. And okay. uh, Manson was tied in with Melcher, uh, pretty pretty tight. Him and Brian Wilson of the uh, Beach Boys fame. I think they were producing yeah, a lot I of think, albums at the time. Um, there was kind of, wasn't there? And I might be jumping ahead. I don't mean to do to, to, so. mm but I know we've, uh, Sarah, my Sarah and I, we've watched, uh, we watched that one Beach Boys movie that came out a couple of years ago with, uh, well, it doesn't matter, but they had like two, two different people. I can't remember the name of it. Um, something summer beachy, whatever the fuck. Uh, but they had two different people play Brian Wilson, you know, one for younger and one for older. And I felt like there was some kind of like Manson thing in there, so some kind of Manson connection. But I was I couldn't remember exactly what it was. He was intricately tied with Manson. Okay, so we'll oh, get yeah. more into that. So oh yes, but so, it's it's one of those topics where it's like I vaguely know about it, and so when you say things, I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I did hear about that. Everybody vaguely but, knows about Charles Manson. Yeah, That's the the beautiful part of it. Everybody has a background. So the uh, official case was put together by Bugliosi, who was a prosecutor for L.A. County, or City of Los Angeles, I'm sorry. And uh, it was the helter-skelter argument where Charles Manson was trying to start a race war, and so he murdered some white people and put some black propaganda out, and he wanted to start a race war between whites and blacks, you have to remember this is late sixties and the Black Panthers are popular. Yep. And uh the theory was that he was trying to start a race war between whites and blacks. So he had his family members murder people. Okay. Real as a quick aside, did you see that there are two native Hawaiian people that were charged in the murder of a white person as a hate crime? No. Okay. It's not relevant. To the story, other than you mentioned race war, but... Well, Howley, right? I mean, Howley's a term. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. So, anyway, the official story is that Charles Manson brainwashed these vulnerable adults 
and trained them to kill and blah, blah, blah. And then magically they were also held responsible for the murders. And uh, he had a whole bunch of people, like 30, 40 people. Okay. And he had a compound too, didn't he? He had a compound and it was a cult following. And these people went in front of the courthouse and like did sit-ins and shave their heads. And it was a whole big hula and uh it was very anti-hippie in the news and it worked uh well for the federal government to crack down on um lsd and on the hippies in general it really yeah. worked well into their plan quote unquote during the nixon administration is when you know they yeah. prosecuted these people everybody knows everybody knows but that's the common story i read a book that questions this and okay. this gentleman it was called chaos uh let's see who it's by chaos by tom o'neill okay and uh he did a 20 year long study and he interviewed a lot of people and he chased down a lot of uh uh documents and he calls into question the narrative yep. and uh one thing is certain that story is a lie. Uh, we don't know what the real story is. Like many things in this world, we don't know what yes. the real story is. But we know that that is a fucking lie. <laughs> which uh, which part? That he brainwashed these people? Or that he was no. trying to start a race uh, uh, Helter race Skelter, war? a lie. Uh, that, okay. Like, he definitely brainwashed these people. Yeah. Did he want to start a race war? Probably not. Uh there's layers involved. Yeah. So I, I don't know the best way to start it, but uh, in the trial, they started with Charles Manson in Los Angeles and they discounted okay. his entire life before his time there. But Charles Manson was a lifelong criminal and he was already in his mid thirties by the time he got to Los Angeles. Okay. So he spent, uh, the majority of his life in federal prison. He was a federal prison parolee. He, the two previous years before living in Los Angeles lived in San Francisco. And he spent a long time at the Hate Ashbury Clinic. Do you know about the Hate Ashbury Clinic? I do not. So the Hate Ashbury Clinic was a free medical clinic in the Hate Ashbury district of San Francisco. And it was a hippie, like, central spot. They did. Okay. Next door were the diggers. And then they had the Hate Ashbury. And the Hate Ashbury Clinic would do free health care, and the diggers would give free food. And they had this whole hippie community in Haight-Ashbury. And that's where a lot of this hippy-dippy shit that we know now came out of. Okay. And Charles Manson had an apartment two blocks from the Haight-Ashbury Clinic. Okay. What wasn't so, covered... Go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, did, so was he a patient at the clinic or did he help out there a lot? Or are you getting to that? Listen. Okay. Listen. <laughs> this, is, this is the kicker. All right. Here we go. The guy who ran the Haight-Ashbury Clinic was a CIA operative who did research on mice 
chemically inducing them to violence with LSD and amphetamines. No. Yes. The CIA would never do that to anybody. Yes. There was a second person there who was not officially a part of the Haight-Ashbury Clinic, but he had a office there. He was the head of the MKUltra program for the CIA. MKUltra program, for those who don't know, was in charge of the CIA's attempt to mind control people. And apparently, he was quite successful. Third fact, right? So, Charles Manson hung out of this clinic. The guy who headed it was CIA. The assistant was CIA. He was best buddies with these guys. His parole officer had one client, Charles Manson, and he was CIA. So, nobody's saying that Charles Manson is like a part of the CIA. He's a lifetime criminal. No doubt about it. Lifetime criminal. Yeah. This is, uh, for somebody who's not as familiar with the story as Mike is, my opinion on this, well, let's just say it is twofold. I'm going to say this uh, just, you know, just to let, like level set us a bit and to give my initial thoughts is my first thought is, okay, mind control and LSD and, and violence and stuff. And amphetamines. Like, Don't forget it, the amphetamines. This comes in later. Yes. It, it sounds far out. However, there have been other proven cases of the CIA and other government bodies doing this type of research on people. And they, I think they just released, uh, and I, uh, and I don't know, I don't remember the name of it, but they were in, were they giving AIDS to a whole bunch of like poor black people to see what the effects of of it was? Oh, Tuskegee was an AIDS. Oh yeah. uh, Okay. It was, uh, was uh, it syphilis? Syphilis. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so they, they've recently like, that's come out in the news again lately. So Initially, I was like, well, okay, yeah, all this other stuff. And like, but I know that they've done it and there's proof that they've done these tests on people. Oh, MKUltra is a fact. Uh, came out in a commission in the 70s. Uh, we know yeah. they were dosing people with LSD. My other thought is somebody like Charles Manson is a prime suspect uh, to become a test subject. For these he, groups. He already right? had psychosis, for sure. Yeah. He was already messed up. He was already a criminal. Basically, had had already forfeit most of his rights as a citizen through his crimes. He was at the mercy of the government because he was a federal parolee. Yes. So, they could... He, he's easily manipulated. Let's put it that way. Yes. Yes. So, let's continue... He was a major fixture at the Haight-Ashbury Clinic, which was covered up at the trial. But the head of the clinic was CIA, who did research on mice with acid and amphetamines. Yep. The second guy at the clinic was the head of the MK Ultra program, who was in charge of mind control using LSD and other drugs. His parole officer was CIA. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> And he lived in this world where he'd go to the clinic, hang out, did whatever, nobody knows, and he'd collect these followers. Him and his followers would go around and do what they were doing. They were arrested on multiple occasions. All right. Charles Manson shot somebody and was named by the person he shot by name. Yeah. 
His followers were arrested multiple times. One time, four of them were arrested for seducing a sheriff deputy's son at a party, giving him drugs. And they proved okay. that he had drugs in his system. And one of those girls had a federal warrant. Several times. These are just yep. two occasions that I can take off the top of my head. These yeah. people were arrested, brought to jail. They had federal warrants, and the police let them go. And each time, these two times, but other times, there's a, uh, a third character that these people said came and visited them. Okay. And uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, I'm trying to get Whitson. This guy, this third character, started a uh, crash pad in the Haight-Ashbury. And okay. he was CIA. Lifetime CIA. But he started a hippie crash pad, man. Cool <laughs> dude guy. Complete with lava lamps and shake carpet right. and all and he the had a LSD and, and amphetamines he could take. Right. He had a wife and kids somewhere else. And then he, like, I've seen pictures of this character. He was, like, straight up military from the 1940s. But he okay. had, like, long hair. <laughs> And he started himself like a little crash pad for these hippies. Yep. And he was kind of like a control guy because multiple officers said that this guy came and talked to them and then they released Charles Manson or his family oh, okay. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And he even claimed to have done it later in life okay. when he was like on his death door. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're we're not – and I think just to be clear <laughs> – and so we don't get visited, maybe, by people, is we're not saying Charles Manson is innocent. We're just saying that he might have been provoked as part of a CIA. Oh, Charles Manson is not innocent. Yeah. That's not the issue. No. The issue is, did Charles was Charles Manson a product of a CIA program to try to make a Charles Manson? Right. Was Charles yeah. Manson generated by the government on purpose to prove that they could do manipulation of weak, quote unquote, weak individuals? He was yeah. already borderline psychotic. We yeah. he was already borderline psychotic. But was Charles Manson a product of the government? Right. Yeah. And the government's very angry about people saying that, especially the people directly involved. Yes. So, all these connections that Charles Manson had were never brought up in his trial. Not once was it brought up in his trial. This is all covered up. His time there spent with these CIA people, not talk. Next fact. This is a fucking fact. Charles right. Manson's ranch was subject to the largest Los Angeles County raid they had ever done up to 1970. They found illegal weapons. They found stolen car parts. They found underage girls that were runaways. They found illegal drugs. Every member of the Manson family was arrested. And every one of them was released from jail and none of them were charged. That makes sense. Totally. Especially and by that, when I mean, at it least doesn't. three of them had federal... <laughs> well, I mean Federal charges, yeah. and they were on parole. Well, it makes sense if it's part of a CIA plot, you know what I mean, or a CIA test. 
mm-hmm. doesn't make sense if you actually want justice or anything like that. But otherwise, right. yes, it makes sense. Right. That totally makes sense. The largest raid that fucking Los Angeles County has ever done, and they find a bunch of illegal stuff, and every person gets gets to go. Yep. Insane. That's a fact that nobody disputes. Why would they do that, Nate? <laughs> Only one reason I can think of. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing nothing to do with Charles Manson being charismatic. I'll tell you that. Right. Oh, he was definitely charismatic, and he definitely had this like psychotic control grip. We're going to get back to well, that. Over, over his followers, but, he, but not over the sheriff's department. Mm-hmm. Right, definitely like, not you can, over you can, you the can deputy be charismatic, sheriff. But you're not you're not charismatic enough to like explain away underage girls, drugs, weapons, stolen car parts, runaways. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that that's a little too much. Like you're no not going to explain away the fact that uh, a sheriff deputy's underage son was molested by the girls at your ranch who had federal warrants who magically got them dropped. Yeah, the only the only people that are charismatic enough. To make that kind of stuff go away, like, you know, visiting Epstein Island or whatever, it would be like Elon Musk or politicians or royal family members, that sort of thing, you know, but not right. some They're dude. people that have connections. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or money. And, and nobody's arguing that Charles Manson was even necessarily conscientiously aware of these connections. No. Yeah. But we'll get into why it's reasonable to think that he was a product later. When he was arrested and they brought... Everybody to trial. Atkins had a lawyer, and she turned against the uh, Charles Manson. Okay. She spilled the beans. She blabbed her mouth. Magically, against her will and to her official protest, they changed her lawyer, and she changed her case, and she changed what she said about Charles Manson. Okay. Did you know that? I didn't. She agreed to a lawyer change? She did not agree. She protested the lawyer change. They forced a lawyer change on her because she was not mentally equipped to make the decision legally. Oh, okay. She was still found guilty of a crime, but she was not deemed competent to choose her own lawyer. Okay. I mean, that that seems totally legit. Right. It's totally legit. Right. <laughs> Tex Watkins, who was the main man, the the man that was involved with the actual killings, yeah. told law enforcement that they made a graveyard at the compound and they never dug up a single body. They never looked for a body. They never went out there and dug anything. Okay. So the guy they put in jail for killing these people said there's 20 people out there, whatever number. He didn't have a number. He said, there's a graveyard out there. There's tons of bodies out there. They never yep. looked for a single fucking body. Well, why is that? Weird. There's multiple cases of suicides going on in the vicinity of the ranch. Okay. All of which are suspect. Some of which in the book were gone through. But a lot of, quote unquote, suicides happened. None yep. of them were investigated. There's layers and layers of evidence showing that Charles Manson was under government protection because why? Who knows why? 
Why would why would a drug dealer say Charles Manson shot me in the chest? He's arrested and then he's let go. Well, I mean, he's keeping the riffraff off the street, you know, drug dealer. Right. So, in 1968, Charles Manson's on federal parole, and I'm I'm just I'm 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 throwing these facts out. Yes, I did not make a list of facts, but I'm throwing facts out. 1968, Charles Manson got approval to go to Mexico with two of his girls when he's on federal parole. The CIA at the time happened happened to be running drugs through Mexico at the time. Yep. In the same area that Charles Manson told his parole officer, who worked for the CIA, that he was going to go. Okay. And the CIA officer gave him permission. The guy above him said he couldn't go. But then Charles Manson still got to go. Well, why not? Why not? He's, he's, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Yep. He, he requested permission. His officer said, okay. The person in charge of him said no. But then still he got approved. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? I mean, everything seems above board. I don't know what you're going on and on about, Mike. So uh, that was he heavy, heavy sarcasm for all of our mm-hmm. listeners. I'm about halfway through my cigar. Yeah, it's yeah, really me too. good. It's yeah. good. I like it. It's uh, flavorful. Uh, it's got nice ash. Um, shout out! To, shout out to us. Hey, um, it tastes good. I I really like this one. This one's really good. Yeah, I'm glad it's not a disappointment. The wrapper really wanted me to make it good. It yeah, has yeah. very nice shelf appeal. Yes, it has nice shelf appeal. It has nice. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sitting here smoking it appeal. I mean, I'm in my garage, so nobody else can see it, and it's snowing and cold out, but. If I were out and about town, everybody would say, wow, what a swell cigar that guy has. Right. No, it looks great. Smokes really good. Yes. So I'm not connecting any of these points, but we will we will get there. We will get there. Oh, I have I'm faith throwing out you, little Mike. facts. I'm throwing out little facts. I'm, I'm hoping that everybody who's still listening is still connecting. Uh, <laughs> at the trial, the idea that uh, Manson was trying to uh, intimidate Terry Melcher was a major theme. And Terry Melcher was a huge record producer who turned down a contract for him at the time. Yep. It was a huge deal. And Terry Melcher said he only met him like twice. And um, Manson was a freak and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, really quick, since you're, you're throwing out all these dates and everything, let's. Uh, what, what was the date of the, the murders that got him like caught? Oh, the, uh, let's look it up. I mean, I'm just trying to keep the timeline straight because, you know, he's on parole and he goes to Mexico, but is he on parole for the thing that he did or is he Uh, not yet yet caught for the thing? So the murders occurred in 1969, the end of 1969. Okay. So we're in 68. Yeah. Manson was on federal parole from the time he was 15 years old. Okay. Yeah, he he spent his he spent more years in federal prison than out. Yeah, because he was what thirty one. Uh, he was thirty five. Thirty five. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. He spent more time in prison than out of prison before the murders. Okay, 
I just yeah. wanted to clear up the timeline a little bit because I get a little well, fuzzy on dates and years and stuff. So he pimped girls. He stole cars. All the shit that the Manson family was long before the Manson family. You know, he was yeah. pimping women and stealing shit and beating people up and all that nonsense. Yeah. He's a professional criminal. That's what he does. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, he's a scumbag. It's not surprising that he was doing criminal activity. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Easy fall guy. Easy fall guy. Easy guy. If you're going to dose somebody and try to create a response, good guy to pick. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, I mean, you've got him. You got him dead to rights on, on his charges. He's already been, been found guilty. And all they have to do is float by some lighter sentence or more freedom on his parole or whatever. And he'll probably willingly agree to anything, you know? Right. He's manipulatable for sure. Yes. So uh, anyway, during the trial, during the Helter Skelter trial, one of the major yes. points was that Terry Mulcher said, oh, he killed the Tates, uh, Tate and those people because uh, – he wanted to send a message to Terry Melcher that he wanted a record deal. And, uh, you know, Terry Melcher only met him a couple times and blah, blah, blah. Well, Nate, turns out Terry Melcher and Charles Manson were very friendly with each other. Okay. And uh, they met at least three times after the murders. <laughs> I, I guess I guess that message uh, went through then, huh? <laughs> Yep. Uh, during the murders, there was a groundskeeper who magically didn't hear any of the gunshots that were going on. Yeah. Well, he had his uh, his AirPods in, right? And he was listening to uh, Marilyn Manson. They actually said that he smoked marijuana and listened to a loud record. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he couldn't hear gunshots. Yeah. How far away was he? He was on the property. Yeah, he was in, like, a groundskeeper's house, like, uh, yeah. 150 feet away or whatever from yeah. a fucking 38 special. I don't know what the actual caliber was. I'm guessing it's a 38. I don't know. I should look yeah. it up. I'm guessing it was a 38. <laughs> so, so I know Hollywood likes to tell everybody that if you put a silencer on a gun, you can't hear it, and it's absolutely silent. And to these people, I say you've you've never been around a gun that's that's fired. I mean, I've never been around a silencer, but... Everything I've read about silencers, not that I've read about them, is that they dampen the sound a bit, but it's not not silent. You can't go through and like shoot somebody at a urinal and the person at the next urinal doesn't hear it. You know what I mean? Um I this is a total aside. I have a buddy who has a silencer <laughs> for his forty five and okay. it's like nine inches long. And when you shoot it, all you hear is the slide going and the bullet going out. Because you still hear that air. You know, yeah. you hear it break the sound barrier, but yep. you don't hear the bang. It muffles yeah. all that bang noise. So you hear the slide and you hear the like that. Okay. Very convincing. I mean, it's pretty close to the movies, but not quite. You know what I mean? Like I would yeah, shoot but it without hearing protection. Yeah. But um But and we're not and we're not saying Manson was using a silencer. I'm just saying that guns are an awful lot louder than anybody in Hollywood would have you believe if that's your only exposure to gunshots. No, assuming that they use the 38, which is a very common round at the time. Yeah. We both own firearms that shoot a 38. Yeah, and they're loud. 
there's no reason to think that you would. I mean, it's fucking loud, especially out of a snub nose barrel or even a four inch barrel. That's a yeah. loud firearm. Oh, it's a so really loud. loud and um, and I don't think in '69 that there were records. There weren't like death metal records or rap records that had gunshots as part of the soundtrack or the background music. So unless he's like really blasting the turtles to everything there is a season, turn, 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 uh, he's right. still going to hear it. You know, there's, there's just no not music loud way, enough. There's yeah. no fucking way. Another aside, there was a guy who claimed that he went up there to the site and cleaned it up. The CIA guy, Wilton, yeah. said he went up there and cleaned it up. Okay. Yeah. He cleaned up the site to make it look more believable. Yeah. Or whatever. That's just set dressing in Hollywood. It you well, know? Hollywood comes into effect because Terry <laughs> yeah. Melcher, uh it was Doris Day's son, who is Hollywood Royal he was a gold label executive type yeah. record producer and he had serious ties with Manson. Um he claimed that he didn't know Charles Manson, all la la. Well, his groundskeeper for a year and a half was a member of the Manson family. Okay. Right? He yep. had his main groundskeeper was a member of that family. And yep. he was definitely tied to Charles Manson. He knew that motherfucker. Yeah. No doubt. And also, they covered up for Roman Polanski during the investigation. There's layers and layers of corruption. That's why it so, gets so confusing. During the Manson investigation, Polanski was involved in that? Polanski was Sharon Tate's husband, my bro. Oh, sorry. But he's done, yeah. some, he's done some fucked up shit, hasn't he? Roman the Polanski? fucked up shit. Yeah, Roman Polanski yeah, is, was raping people. Is he on the run still? People. Or did he die? I don't know. Yeah, he was he's on the... on the run still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in Eastern Europe. He can't come into Interpol or the United States. Yep. Yeah. So, like, Sharon Tate was his wife, and Roman Polanski was her husband, and they killed his wife when he was gone. Yeah. And there was some fucked up shit going on. They, they, the cops admitted that they found a sex tape with Roman Polanski and his wife. The initial thing show, uh, said that Roman Polanski was doing some real messed up stuff. Not really clear, but they think that they, it was like Sharon Tate was being raped in it. Okay. And then, the second version of the story was, oh, yeah, it was Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate having sex, and they just- It was consensual. Or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, they followed your, the sex tape. Adjust your Roman VHS Polanski tracking, made. and it's clearly not a rape, uh, mm-hmm. if you adjust the tracking on that VHS. Right. Was, there's layers of corruption to this whole fucking deal. Yeah. Layers of corruption. That's why it's so confusing, is because- Everybody's implicated in different crimes for different what reasons. It seems that everybody has their own motive, too. So It makes the perfect crime because everybody has their own motive to lie. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if, if Sharon Tate was upset with Roman Polanski for his nefarious behavior that he's still on the run from and for, then she has a motive. But then he has a motive to off her and have Charles help him and... All that, so yeah, it gets very uh, complicated, and I think. Well, Terry Melcher was involved with Roman Polanski. Yeah, and then there's rumors that they were having gangbangs at the house, and then they refuted that later. But the rumors were they're having like these crazy orgies where the Manson family were involved. Yeah, 
And uh, yeah, it, I mean that's what you do, layers right? You layers get, of shit. You get on hopped top up on time. LSD, uh, amphetamines, and then you do gangbangs with runaways and underage uh, girls, right? Right. Well, that was another part of it. Is that um, the official story is that Manson was just using uh, LSD, but then Tex Watkins, who also said that they had a bunch of bodies buried, said, "Yeah, they were doing speed all the time." Yeah. So the official story was that they weren't using amphetamines, but then one of the Manson family members who was directly involved with the murder said, yeah, we were doing speed constantly. So they're not even being truthful about the drugs they were using. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very interesting. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing with uh, the war on drugs, right? Like, after after so long of the war on drugs, I'd like to give a big hand to drugs for winning that war, you know? Right, but back, but back in that era, you know, that's where that bad stigma for marijuana and LSD and all these other things, because the government didn't want people to have those things. Dude, this this played into the government's hands. Okay, as far as like banning LSD and marijuana for yeah. sure, you know, and potentially it was a CIA operation. And there's there's still like a little little morsel that ties it all. That ties it all together at the end. Um, oh yeah, it ties it together all the end. <laughs> <laughs> hey, should we? Uh, this is a complete aside. Has nothing to do with the topic of this episode. Should we try and find some like LSD cigars? Do you think for for an episode? I don't think they make that that we can legally get in the United States. Well, we could, um, you know, go to Mexico. I wouldn't trust anything like that. I would have Dude, to get it from I'm a reputable source. I'm doing the heavy, like, we could totally go to Mexico for that episode, oh, someplace sure. where it was legal and smoke it. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I don't think I would... Re- we can talk about it later, but I don't think... No, I'm no, res- I know. I'm just... Uh, yeah. I don't think smoking LSD would be the way to do LSD, but... No, um, I've tried LSD. I've, I've never done it. Allegedly. And uh, it was illuminating, for sure, but horrifying. Yeah. Horrifying. I can imagine, but I feel oh, like if you're, you're in a safe, eye, man. It's if you're in a safe spot, it's probably not quite as scary. I think it's more about your mind space, you know. Like yeah. If you have a, at the time, I had a major ego. What? And, uh, that you fucked me right in the ass for sure, dude. <laughs> yeah. Right in the ass, I was fucked. I don't mean anything mean by that. I just mean oh, like dude, you know. I know. I mean I know. you know. We, we know each other. Ego. We all know. We've that. we've talked about it. Uh, both of our egos on the show before, so should come uh, as no surprise. Both of us have major egos. <laughs> That's why we hated each other when we first met each other. Yeah, but then our egos spent enough time around each other, and they got comfortable, and now we've right. got one massive shared ego. So right, exactly. Well, I think we both got older and wiser about her. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the older part, but definitely wiser for sure. So I think that both you and I learned that we're not correct all the time you know what i mean <laughs> i think when we like when we first met each other both of us were convinced that we were right all the time but yeah and now and everything was black and I'm white right, like never like very yeah, rarely and now i'm convinced <laughs> that everything is gray and i don't right. know what's going on and why are people screaming and crying i don't you know what i don't know right like i'm convinced, but here we are like if i think i'm right i should probably take more information in <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Come up with a better answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Anyway, back to the Manson case. What we're all getting down to here is uh, Helter Skelter was the the linchpin for the Manson family. Because Charles Manson mind-controlled these people, and he wanted to start a race war. Yeah. But all the evidence shows he had nothing to do with the race war. The main people who talked against Manson gave contradictory evidence – and Terry Melcher was a main person that talked about him because it was all about scaring Terry Melcher. But Terry Melcher was a family involved with his enterprises. Terry Melcher met with Manson several times afterwards. We all know this. The Terry Melcher thing is bullshit. They were tied into each other. Yeah. But nobody disagrees that Manson committed the murders. For sure. Yeah. We all know this. The, the the sticking point is the motive behind it and who might else or who else might be implicated. Right? Like we all exactly. know Manson did it, but it's who else shares the blame. Exactly. So of the people that were murdered, there was Folger, the girl, Folger, who was the heiress to the Folger fortune. The coffee people. The coffee people. Her boyfriend, who was some Portuguese guy or a uh, Polish guy. Okay. That was good buddies of Roman Polanski. Yep. There was a hairdresser who was like uh, top in Sharon Tate. So, so Sharon Tate's hairdresser. Sharon Tate's hairdresser slash ex-boyfriend. Okay. Roman Polanski's buddy and Roman Polanski's buddy's girlfriend who happened to be a Folger heiress. Okay? Yes. Roman Polanski's buddy who was the boyfriend of the Folger heiress, was a drug dealer. Hard drug dealer. Yeah. No doubt about it. Who also got into arguments with members of the Manson family about their drug dealings. Okay. That was never talked about in the court, but that is a fucking fact. The Folger heiress girl, she's out. There's no real connection that we know of. Yeah, other than, you know, wrong boyfriend. Wrong boyfriend, wrong time. The hairdresser had 12. ties. Twelve. Where does oh, it all geez. go? Oh, jeez. That's on me. That's on you. That's on me. <laughs> Sorry, people. I, I have a little list on my phone, and I pressed the wrong button, and it started making noise. I'm sorry, people. Yep. That's how you know when you're old, when you're yeah. like, your phone does something you don't want it to do, and you're like, I, uh, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's my bad. Uh, but I do think the autoplay videos are terrible on uh, a lot of mobile sites and stuff. Well, it's about addiction. They want to yeah. get you in. Yeah, and I want and they out. They can make you watch one. They can make you watch twenty. And I, I've been, I I've been telling everybody I want out. I fall into it too. I find myself an hour later. I'm not joking. It's fucking insane. I fall well, into. You should, it. you should have a kid because uh, when they're two, that you don't have. I can't. I, I was just talking to Sarah about this tonight. I'm like, I don't even have time uh, when our daughter's awake to listen to a full three minute song without being interrupted. So you would never fall into that trap because it just, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. I find myself sitting on the toilet and yeah. I look at the time. And That's my sanctuary later, now. And I'm like, what the fuck happened to my time? I'm sitting on the toilet. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, there's anyway. layers here, people. There's layers here, people. The one guy who was, uh, Roman Polanski's best buddy was a known drug dealer bringing drugs into the United States, tied in with other people who were all arrested and put in prison later 
Yeah. Who was undoubtedly selling drugs to the Manson family. Undoubtedly. Well, yeah. Uh, the hairdresser had ties to the mafia and the CIA. Okay. And um, this guy interviewed his like assistant who took over the business. And the mafia guys all told him, hey, you're okay. You're not going to – you're okay. You just keep on cutting our hair. So the mafia yeah. guys, apparently, they – why the hairdresser was involved with this killing. According okay. to this hairdresser, who knows? Maybe he was lying. Yeah. But the hairdresser guy that was di- that was killed had yep. ties to the CIA. He had ties to the mafia. He was deeply in debt. He yep. was deep into this sphere. Let's okay. put it that way. It was definitely not an innocent. And his protege claimed that these mafiosos were aware of why and how everything was going on. And for those who are not up on this, the mafia and the unions and the fucking federal government are all tied together, especially back in the 60s. We all know. Yeah, and they're they probably more so now, but, but just uh, less in public or less in uh, public view. It wasn't publicly uh, known at that time. No, not at the time. I'm saying I don't think anything's changed. I don't think anything's changed either. You know, big unions and mafia and see like government alphabet programs are all tied together. Yeah. And this guy had connections and he might have pissed people off. Nobody really knows. He's too deep state to really know, but it's possible. Yeah. So it is possible that Charles Manson was angry at these people. Because of the orgies that were supposedly not happening, but wink, wink, were happening. Yeah, yeah. That he was funding girls for because he had a bunch of runaway teenage, underage sex slaves. And he was angry at her, a.k.a. the guy that was Roman Polanski's best buddy. Yeah. He might have just killed him because he was pissed off about, you know, them welching his sex slaves or watching on his drug deal or whatever charging too much for drugs. Like who knows anything, right? There's reasonable explanations other than the helter skelter defense and the helter skelter defense was boosted because enough being a loser lifetime criminal still hated black people and thought that he was because he was white. He was better than black people. Who was uh, this now? Lifetime. Charles Manson was a avowed racist. Okay. Yeah. He thought he he thought black people were scum. Uh that's where they built the Helter Skelter defense, because he was a rabid racist. Yeah. Uh which again, he's like a loser. Well, yeah. Scum of par, the earth. Par for par for the course for Right. Par for the course. He thought he was better than black people, even though he was a criminal junkie piece of shit. But yeah. so there's a lot of evidence to show. That there's other motives, let's say, for the murderers than Helter Skelter, right? Yeah. There's tie-ins with multiple people with other inf- that Charles Manson has tie-ins with. And there's no clear reason why anything is going on, but we're pretty clear that it's not Helter Skelter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of all of the of all of the things that you've shared thus far uh the one thing that's constantly stuck out 
with all the CIA, the mind control experiments and the underage women and the orgies and Roman Polanski, that all just screams to me race war. So it definitely right. is the most totally viable not- option of all of the things that you've told me. Yeah, it's totally not a drug deal gone bad or yeah, some other reason. <laughs> or, or just two big egos at the same bowling alley. Right. They could have been two big egos at the bowling alley. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> stabbings have happened for less. Yeah. Well, and that kind of goes back to the Economic Hitman for book where, he, where, where uh, one person said that uh, the Economic Hitman book didn't make sense because $4 million isn't a high enough sum to kill somebody for. And it's like, well, look, dude, somebody's been killed over a $5 bill, I'm sure. Like, I know it oh, somewhere out there. Well, Richard so. Kuklinski, the Iceman, used to kill people for like $100,000. And he was a professional. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Of course. Of course. Uh, we could cover that book at some point in the future, by the way. I have it. I've read it. Okay. The Iceman. Pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, we'll uh, put it on the docket. Anyway, here's the linchpin. Here we go. Here's the linchpin. We talked about Haight-Ashbury Clinic and these two doctors that were CIA-type operatives. And the fact that Charles Manson was a regular there for a year. The guy who founded the Haight-Ashbury Clinic never got his doctorate in uh, psychological medicine. Okay. But he did his research. And he published it, and he worked for the CIA his whole life, by the way. Okay. On rats. And he created rat environments and mouse environments. Yeah. Where he would create a dominant rat that would create a harem of men. And okay. Maniacally murder beta males. Yep. And they would run around with this harem of women and kill beta males. And have this psychotic society. And he induced it without drugs. And then he induced it with drugs. And he used LSD. And he used amphetamines. And he used a combination of the fact. Okay. And he was doing research specifically to try to create ubermenches in rats. Okay. That's what his specialty was. So the guy involved with the clinic that Charles Manson was going to. Specifically tried to create a Charles Manson, but in rats. And he was funded by the CIA and worked for MKUltra. Yep. Did he try to create the Ubermensch man? Come on now. He's a professional. He doesn't let his research blend with his outreach. He never (laughs) got his doctorate, but he worked for the CIA the entire, his entire life. Yeah. You know what? You don't need a doctor. He did research specifically in creating a drug-induced Ubermensch-type character. Do you think his rat was named Charlie? (laughs) Is that a coincidence? Is that a coincidence? I would would say no. Uh, But again, and I think it's an important time for our usual disclaimer, is Mike and I are not doctors or lawyers, so... Get no, your legal and medical advice from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just somebody guy. who wants to learn. Yeah. And sometimes and the more you know. The guy in charge of MKUltra who is trying to do mind control with LSD. So the yeah. guy who was specifically involved trying to create Ubermensch rats got in contact, ran the clinic with another guy who was trying to do mind control with drugs. 
yeah. these two fucking guys mixed with the CIA operative that was Charles Manson's parole officer mixed with this other fucking fourth guy that said that he cleaned up all Charles Manson messes. You don't think that those four fucking characters could have assisted with this mess? This is a clear cut case of racism. <laughs> I'm just saying, does it make sense for some hippie dude that was a career criminal who got off on multiple federal charges after he was already a felon? Yeah. Right. The largest raid in L.A. County's history. He shot somebody and he was named by the person he shot and went to jail and got out. Yep. His Atkins, who was one of the girls that uh, went against him, was arrested for drugging and raping a minor whose father was a fucking sheriff's deputy. Yeah. How how can all this happen? Quote unquote. I'm putting big air quotes. How can all these no, coincidences? There's multiple missing people's reports and suicides. Yeah. The suicides have are not suicide. They're very. Uh, he went through a couple of them. Very clearly, these people probably did not commit yeah. suicide. There's no reason for a 23 year old man who had a good job, who was going to college, to commit suicide in a fucking shitty ass motel in the middle of the desert for no reason. Yeah, yeah. who was on a hiking trip? No reason. Well, and and I think you know, like let's just go back and uh, a few seconds here, 45 seconds, a minute and a half. The woman who raped an underage person who happened to be the son of the sheriff. Okay. So this does not scream to me intelligence. You know, a lot of the random stuff that uh, Charles Manson was arrested for and then let go and got off the hook on were not smart crimes. Like it wasn't like, like he was like some kind of um, rain man character or somebody who was incredibly brilliant and and doing these like really like thinky and and logical things and the and the prosecution was like hey you know you were you almost got us that time uh, you're really smart and bright like that's not so it it's a stretch to say that he premeditated something in order to start a race war for for anything like he probably didn't even know what he was going to order at a restaurant until he got there and, and looked at the men you know what I mean like he's not. He doesn't strike me or his clan doesn't strike me as, as plan aheaders. No. And if you listen to a Charlie Manson interview, it's psychotic. And if you listen to his music, it's good as far as like shitty folk music that's old timey goes. But it's not yeah. – like I say, it reminds me of Mississippi Delta Blues, but it's not Lead Belly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah It's yeah. not like that crisp, sharp, like – I murdered a man because he slept with my wife. Bang. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have that, like, crispness. Which, for our listeners who have never listened to Lead Belly, you should. He's fantastic. Uh, I made my Sarah have nightmares by listening to Lead Belly. (laughs) (laughs) So now I've never listened to Lead Belly. Oh, it's scary. As you know, and maybe some of our listeners don't know is we have a, a fairly sizable record collection uh, and we don't have any lead belly. So 
You'll have to send me or or give me now the names of a couple of albums I should be on the lookout for to round out our vinyl collection. Uh, I wouldn't get a record by Lead Belly. I don't know if... I mean, I'm sure he does. Woody Guthrie or Cisco Houston. They're so ancient that they don't put records out anymore for those guys. Oh, but okay. um, that's like a deep, dark, heart of America, 1930s, 1940s, like grit. You know what I mean? Okay. Like working. But his stuff's music. available like online. So yeah, what's yeah. what's oh, an yeah. album? What's a good starting point yeah. for Lead Belly then? Uh, oh, or your geez. favorite record? I, I, I'll get back to you on that. I get back to you. Okay. All right. I don't want. I don't want to get called out on that. I would say uh, a good starting point would be "Intoxicated Rat" by Cisco Houston. Okay. Which is a very happy song, and it's about a rat that gets really drunk and uh, does things he should not do. Is is the rat's name Charlie? No, it's not. It's not. But blacklisted by the FBI, and he had to change his name and became a radio DJ afterwards. All after those that guys song? are like, I, uh, no, after not after that song, but after his like music career. A lot of these guys oh, okay. joined the Merchant Marine uh, okay. during the Second World War, and they were yep. anti-fascists. But a lot of them were way too uh, socialist for comfort. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, their guitar killed fascists, but they also spouted uh, socialist lies. <laughs> yes. Mwah, 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 mwah. <laughs> and Lead Belly, uh, Lead Belly is a guy who uh, the apocryphal story was that he murdered his wife. He didn't actually murder his wife. He stabbed his girl, his wife's boyfriend, and he went to jail. And he sang so pretty. That the warden let him out, which was not true. He served his time, which is only like five years at the time. And then yeah. he became an upstanding member of society. But uh, yeah, the apocryphal story is that he murdered his lover and he got out of prison because he sang so pretty. The truth yeah. is he stabbed his wife's boyfriend and got out after five years and then divorced his wife and got a nicer wife. <laughs> yeah. But, but also saying pretty. So oh, I mean, that, yeah. that part I mean, checks Led out. Billy is, uh, if, like I say, if you, if you're not listening to lead belly, you're not listening to blues music. Is that <laughs> yeah. I, I, I played, uh, Sarah, a couple songs where he, like, uh, Susie, was it Susie Q? I think it was Susie Q where it's like, okay. It talks about like murdering a woman. <laughs> or whatever, yeah. You know? <laughs> and I, I showed her all the facts and she's like, that's so dark. And she didn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'll have to get back to you with that. I'll bring you. Yeah. Some sounds stuff. good. All yeah. right. Sounds good. But anyway, the whole point of this uh, episode is Helter Skelter. And yes. uh, I didn't get into Bugliosi. Gosh, I wish I would have gotten into Bugliosi. He's the prosecutor. Okay. So the prosecutor, he's psychotic, and he went after the milkman, and he had multiple paternity tests on his children, and he went after this guy, and the milkman sued him back and won a shit ton of money off of him. He's a psycho. Okay. He, yeah. he was directly involved with being, like, corrupt as shit yeah. and using his power as a prosecutor to create criminal acts. Like, he's implicated in crimes as well. So the guy who char who did the Charles Manson investigation is a criminal. Yeah. Also, that's another layer. By the way, I just pop. I know I popped that out on the end, but yeah, the guy yeah. who was the fucking lawyer was a criminal. He's a liar. We know he's a perjurer. 
he's straight up like a piece of shit. Should not have been a lawyer at all. So I guess that's an added thing. I, I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah, Bugliosi is garbage. He should have been in prison. Yeah, he shouldn't have been trying anything. No, he not shouldn't have been trying anything. Ticket. He went after a guy who was who did not fuck his wife, and to the point where even his wife said that he should be committed to a psych ward during the lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so even the lawyer or the guy who got Manson arrested is a psycho who is, again, weak to uh, insinuation. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If there was a conspiracy, he'd be somebody that would be vulnerable to their coercion because he's not legitimate. <laughs> He'd be, you know he'd be I mean? willing he's to play along. Like, what does he care? Yeah, like, he's, he's already play along. He's a fucking scumbag. Yeah, he's already flexed his his authority, so he wouldn't care doing it one more time. Right. He's already been implicated in crimes himself. Has, uh, did that guy uh, keep his prosecutor job, or did he finally yes. get Yeah, he ran trial? for district prosecutor several times, and he ran for... Uh, District attorney, or not district attorney. He ran for district attorney several times, and he ran for secretary of state or whatever it is for the okay. state of California. And every time uh, he did, all these stories about him being a fucking crazy psycho came out, and then he okay. backed down. So he kept being a prosecutor, but he never made it past being just a regular-ass prosecutor. Okay. Even though he prosecuted the biggest crime in human history, Charles Manson. Yeah. Because he's a fucking criminal i mean he's a criminal himself yeah again i'm not saying anything about what's true but what i know is true is that the official story is a lie yes. i don't know what the truth is but i know what they're telling me is a lie yeah and i, and I think at this point you know it's 2023 uh the chances of anyone knowing what the actual truth is is that pretty died, slim that yeah that died in yeah, the 90s yeah. That died with the people directly involved. Yeah. But yeah, did you know any of that, Nate? <laughs> I did not. I mean, I knew. Uh, and so you said the Beach Boy thing was going to come back, but oh, was the there anything Beach else thing. with the Beach Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Brian Wilson later committed suicide. Well, I thought they got freaked out by uh, by Manson and kind of like cut ties with him. That was the story. That's where Terry Melcher comes in because these okay. guys met with him several times after the fucking murders. So they weren't freaked out about him until after he got charged. That's okay. where, like, Terry Melcher was tied with Brian Wilson. And Brian Wilson and Terry Melcher were doing lots of drugs, uh, all tied in with the Manson family. And these guys met with them several times after the murders. Yeah. And only after the murders did they, like, push themselves away. And then later, Brian Wilson committed suicide because he did too many drugs and... These guys were involved with a lot of crazy shit. I'm not going to lie, you know. They yeah. might not even have known all the crazy stuff they were involved with. Probably not, you know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I I don't know. It's tough to say. It's impossible to say at this point. Yeah, I mean, but on one hand, though, too, and, like, I'm not trying to drag people's names through the mud and, and things like that, but, you know, the people that have have, have gone to Epstein Island and and – you know, say, oh, I didn't know what was going on. Like, there's no way, dude, like, you know um, what I mean? The Manson girls, so Brian Wilson and Terry Melcher were fucking the Manson girls. Yeah. And a lot of them were underage runaway type people. 
And yeah. one of the defenses that Terry Melcher and Brian Wilson used were that their friends at the time were these like Hollywood hotties, you know? Yeah. The Manson girls were perfectly good looking young women. If you look at pictures of them. Yeah. They're, I mean, you're a man and I'm a man. There's only a certain level of attraction where it passes a th certain threshold. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter after that. So if you're a powerful man, I'm not a powerful man. But if I was in their position and I could fuck them all, I would. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I get yeah. what their mindset I mean, would I, be. You know what I mean? I mean, I get the mindset, but like, it kind of comes to the underage thing. You know, hey, don't lie to yourself. This is 19 fucking 69. <laughs> it doesn't like the level of attractiveness doesn't hide the age. Uh, Nate, when you're at an orgy again, the accusation <laughs> was they were having orgies and man, yeah. would bring girls to the orgy. I'm not an orgy goer, but if you're in an orgy and there's a guy that brings a lot of young, attractive women, he's probably going to be on your okay list. You know what I mean? Most people at the orgy aren't bringing 10 to 15 attractive young girls. Well, and most people at the orgy, and this is, I'm not trying to, you know, say that anything's okay. Most people at the orgy are not checking IDs if you're already in the orgy. Uh, they're you know definitely what I mean? not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I've never been fuck, to an orgy. I, I don't, I don't know. Well, that's, they're on LSD, mind controlled by Charles Manson who potentially was a product of CIA training by people who produced the same result in rats. Yeah. Recorded. Oh, uh, also, this is all a verified fact. These guys all worked for the CIA. Like, this is all factually true. Yeah. They denied it for years, but it's been proven, right? Like, they did. Yeah. For sure. No doubt. That's why I, I didn't include that, but... They argued against their involvement, but later it's like, yeah, it was proven they were on the CIA payroll. Yeah. Very interesting. Like I say, the official story is one thing. And every There's layers and layers and layers of shit. I, I don't think that it was an outright conspiracy to try to create Charles Manson. I think that there's a lot of crazy stuff going on that entered up with Charles Manson. Yeah. Not necessarily by mistake. Well, kind and, of and on purpose, but they covered it up afterwards. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so he's been in the system since 15. And it's not like somebody when, when you know, whenever he first got introduced to the CIA and the, and the LSD, the CIA, let's just say it was a CIA plot. It's not like the CIA knew he was going to go be friends with Polensky and, and be able to kill Sharon Tate for Polensky. Let's just assume they're all in on it. Like, that would require an amount of foresight that nobody could possibly have. No. and You know I, what I mean? I, so, it, it, like, I would agree that it was probably, um, it was probably a, a, an experiment that got too big for them to contain, and they figured they could do a favor for Polensky or whatever, what have you, and, uh, and then they let Manson take the fall. Which I mean, not not that he shouldn't have taken the fall because he was a piece of shit anyway, you know. But that tied up their experiment nicely, and and nobody would ask any more questions, you know. He was definitely an easy fall guy by design. Yeah. Uh, where are you at? At your cigar. I just put it down. Okay. And I'm about to put mine down. I've got about an inch 
there, and it's been good all the way throughout. It's starting to get a little hot now. Um, I don't know if I would, you know, uh, roach clip this one, uh, but this one was was very good, and uh, this was a nice, nice, nice surprise for me. Um, just because of the uh, the flavors that we did, the flavor series, uh, where there was only kind of one that was phenomenal and one that was moderately decent, and then the rest were kind of uh, very, very iffy. But uh, all in all, this one is a, a really good stick. I agree. Uh, if you found this at a cigar shop, I would suggest buying it. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It was a decent stick all the way through. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of flavor change. No, not a lot of flavor change. No, it was solid. It was consistent. Uh, it looks great with the uh, the little Connecticut strip or band yeah. throughout. Yep. And it's, uh, it's, it's robust. It's a pretty sexy looking cigar as far as like shelf appeal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I would recommend it for sure. Yes, me as well. All right. Well, now you know more about the Manson family. And uh, join us next week for our next CAO Country series. Be safe, have fun. (laughs) 